Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. So we just ranked the head coaches in every Power 5 conference in our last five episodes. Be sure to check out our feed uh, if you haven't watched those or listened to them if you're listening to the audio podcast. Now we're going to put them all together, add in the group of five. Let's rank the overall 20 best coaches in college football. And we're going to have the bro that was the highest on each of these coaches kind of give their take on on why they're there. So uh, I'll start at number 20 with Billy Napier of Florida. I was the highest on him. I mean, he quickly turned Louisiana into a group of five powerhouse, pulled in the Sun Belt's best recruiting classes, had two straight top 20 finishes on the field these past two seasons, which is incredible at Louisiana, yeah. and seemed to be at or near the top of the list of, of every uh, SEC job opening for the last couple of years. And I think there's a reason a lot of folks wanted him. He is, you know, coached under Nick Saban. He sort of has that model. He's going to run a very organized program and one that is most importantly committed to recruiting, which Florida fans, of course, sorely missed when they had Dan Mullen. That's right. Number 19, we have Hugh Freeze of Liberty. You know, he's of course had some some drama around him, but the fact of the matter is, is that he he wins. He did it at Arkansas State, then at Ole Miss, now at Liberty. He turns out very good offenses. He's developed NFL talent. Now he has Malik Willis going uh, in the draft from Liberty. He's won six of his seven bowl games. He's definitely put himself in position now to get another big gig in the near future if he if he so chooses. I'm hoping it's Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> All right, moving on to number 18. We have uh, Dave Aranda from Baylor coming off a 12-2 and two year where he won the Big 12, uh, won the Sugar Bowl, beat Ole Miss. You know, you do that at Baylor, you you got to be a lock to be a top 20 coach nationally. I mean, that that's just an incredible feat. I know his first year wasn't very good at Baylor, but that's okay. Just getting the ball rolling there. Um, so amazingly good job there. He brought in a good uh, offensive coordinator. Jeff Grimes came in from BYU, so that really helped kind of get that offensive going, which is what they needed. Pair him with uh, Aranda's D. Great start to his career there. No doubt. Number 17, Mark Stoops of Kentucky slowly built them up over the first five or six years of his tenure there and now they're making bowl games every year they've finished top 20 twice in the last four years uh they just pulled in a top 15 recruiting class that's insane so not only is he uh upping the winning now he's upping the recruiting so you got to think uh more eight nine possibly ten win seasons are to come that's right Number 16, we have Kirk Ferentz of Iowa. He's the longest tenured coach in college football. Very consistent, not flashy, but that's really rare um, in in today's game to to have someone, you know, this consistent. And and it's good for a place like Iowa. It always he always seems to maximize the talent. In the early 2000s, he had a run um, finishing number eight for three straight seasons. But then for the next 10 years, they only had one breakout year. There were a lot of seven, eight win seasons where they, they were good, but just not really moving the needle. But look more recently, since 2015, he's won the West Division twice, won at least 10 games three times, went to a Rose Bowl, 35 and 13 in the, in the most recent four-year bubble. It's quite a run he's had. 
Yeah, and uh, sorry, Iowa fans who are watching this, because this is probably going to upset you. We yeah, did not next one. try to set it up this way, but number 15 is Matt Campbell <laughs> of Iowa State. So close. Yeah. Uh, Campbell inherited a team that hadn't had a winning record in Big 12 play since the year 2000. He now has five straight seasons with a winning conference record. He won a Fiesta Bowl. This is by far the best stretch in Iowa State history, and he deserves a ton of credit. Iowa fans, you can brag, brag that he has yeah. not beaten Iowa, but given the type of program that Iowa State was forever, seemingly, before he got there, I think yeah. uh, I prefer Campbell as a coach to, to Ferentz, just slightly. Yep, I'm with you. Number 14, Luke Fickle of Cincinnati. He's had a heck of a run at Cincinnati. Pretty much swept the coaching Coach of the Year awards this season. You know, and it and it wasn't just one season. He's forty four and seven the last four years. New Year's six a couple years ago. Then the run culminated in in the playoff berth th- this past year, which we all know was a first for a group of five team. The recruiting has risen to the highest level in the American. Uh, just watching him on the sideline, his his toughness shows in his players. He could have about any open job that comes up, but he just continues to be building a, a great program. That he does. It's been impressive. Um, just very interested to see which which program he does eventually go to, if any. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, at number thirteen, we have the high. This is the highest rated Big Twelve coach we got, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Um, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. He's been there seventeen years. Talk about a long career there. Um, and the only year he hasn't had a winning record was his very first year. Um, so that's sixteen straight years of at least seven wins. Not just six, seven. Um, that's very impressive in Stillwater, really anywhere, but especially there. Um, in seven years, he's had at least 10 wins. So he's 11 and five in bowl games. Um, just, just killing it right now. And I know recruiting is kind of the one thing that maybe holds him back a little bit. You wish you could take it to that, that quite next step in the recruiting, but what else do you want? He's won the big 12. He's keeps winning tons of games. I don't know. He's, his longevity has been kind of just that great yeah i mean if if he had the recruiting thing then he'd be top 10 you know it's like he's fair enough exactly yeah that's why he's 13th and not a top 10 guy that's right all right moving on to number 12 kyle whittingham of utah now we're we're about to get to the who's who of college football but whittingham i think kind of deserves to be a part of that when they were in the mountain west he had a there was a year he went 13 and 0 they finished number two that was in 2008 then as they transitioned to the Pac-12 a few years later, people kind of wondered if the jump was going to be too much for them to be able to compete. The first few years, they were. They were finding their footing. But since 2015, they've won or shared the South Division four times. They were a conference championship game away from the playoff a couple years back. They got them to the Rose Bowl this year. You know, Of course, barely lost a, a classic to Ohio State. But it's just amazing that he's gotten Utah – to be the face of the Pac-12 the past five years or so, along, I guess, with Oregon. But pretty m- remarkable run in Salt Lake. Yeah, I mean, the longevity there, I love it. He's, he's done awesome. I like Utah when they're good. It's fun to watch. All right, number 11, we got uh, Lane Kiffin from Ole Miss, another coach that I like, his teams I like watching. He's a trendsetter, man. You got to like you gotta like Lane. It's one of the reasons why I have, I have I was so high on him. Um 10-win regular season this past year at Ole Miss. That's the first time they've ever done it. Great accomplishment. 
Um, he's he's got him on the right track. He's done a good job recruiting. He's obviously hitting the the transfer portal hard, which you got to be. And nowadays, if you're if you're going to be successful, so that's a good sign. Um, we know he can do high school recruiting, but now that on top of that is good. Did a great job um, at Ole Miss. I mean, obviously at Ole Miss, but at FAU before this time at Ole Miss. Um, so his on field coaching is great, and it kind of may alter my thinking of him just because i like the way he coaches this offenses are fun to watch but then just his aggressive nature the way he goes forward on fourth downs goes with the numbers like hey this is the way to do it man um the way he, especially against bama because the way it didn't pan out the time where like he went forward on fourth down it didn't pan out it's like you know what that's okay man like yeah that's gonna happen but you also have the upside where you can actually beat him when it comes together so that's what you got to do in those situations he's on the right track i like him yep I, I think he has to be top 15. Just, just, I'm, I'm a big fan as well. So, uh, yeah. number 10, James Franklin at Penn State had maybe the most amazing turnaround in college football history at, at Vanderbilt. And then, of course, is, is doing a great job at Penn State, or at least built them up to where they were, you know, kind of a, a consistent top 10 type team. And the last couple of years haven't gone as well. But I think, you know, everything he's done for the past decade plus. You know, one bad year in 2020 and one year in 2021 where they had some bad luck in close games. That's not enough for me to to drop him too far, especially with recruiting actually getting even better uh, lately. So I I have no doubts that that James Franklin, Penn State will be fine. They're going to start winning nine or ten games again very soon, if maybe this year. Yeah. Number nine, we have Mario Cristobal now of Miami. And you know, with most of these guys, of course, they're 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 good at a lot of things. But uh, Cristobal, he his calling card, he is an outstanding recruiter. He was able when he was at Oregon, he was able to dip into California, kind of turn that into a pipeline uh, towards the end of his or- Oregon run, take some of those guys away from schools like USC, UCLA. He made the Ducks the the class of the Pac-12, and one of the reasons. You have to have him high on this list too when he's going to Miami. Is the fact that the university is so willing to invest in him and the staff and the program right now? The stars seem to really kind of be uh, aligning there at, at this time. So if I was a Miami fan, I'd be awfully excited as it seems like he could k- get the U back in the mix. Yeah, this is definitely an exciting time for the U. It's been a little while, but this is uh, it's looking pretty strong right now. We'll see though. All right, at number eight, we have Jim Harbaugh, the much maligned Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. Finally got the monkey off his back this year. He beat Ohio State. He won the Big Ten. Didn't do so hot in the first playoff game, but that's okay. Nobody really, that's okay. Nobody really cared too much about that in Michigan. They're, they're very happy with this this year. Um, he's 61 to 24 there, um, and 40, 42 and 17 during, during conference play, which I think is, is an underrated mark for him. Um, I'm, I'm just, I think all of us pros can, we're, we're just happy that he finally did, did break through. We've always been high on him, even through the struggles of last year and they weren't quite putting it together. We knew he was a great coach. So to finally see him get it done when he's had so much, you know, against him and then some unlucky, unlucky games, it was nice to see him pull through. For sure. Number seven, Brian Kelly, the new coach at LSU. He's one big everywhere he's been, Grand Valley State, Central Michigan, uh, Cincinnati, and then, of course, Notre Dame, which had been, of course, having their struggles. But he made a BCS National Championship game there. He made it to the playoff twice. He averaged 11 wins per season the past five years. Never had the 
you know, the talent to build a, a Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio State type team, one of those those top level seasons. Um, and it seems like even when they did make the playoff or make the BCS national championship, their power rating was was well below those very top teams. Um, but maybe at LSU, uh, he's he'll be able to be able to get better talent there than he was able to get at Notre Dame. Number six, Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M. You know, so far at A&M, the wins, the, at least the sheer number of wins, haven't necessarily matched some of the expectations uh, that, have, that have been there in College Station. But from a metrics perspective, the, he really has. He's ex- exceeded or, or at least elevated the program because they've, they've had some difficult schedules and, and he's handled them pretty well. I mean, the other thing is they, they did win an Orange Bowl a couple years ago and they just missed the playoff that one, that one season. So, but I would, I would agree it's time to you know, start showing a little bit more results on the field. Uh, but the recruiting, that obviously has to count for something. He just pulled in the the best overall class we that we've ever seen. Um, and then you got to factor in the success that he had at Florida State. Five straight, 10 or more win seasons. New Year's Six Bulls. Won a national title. So he's definitely worthy of this position in, in our eyes. Right. And then that leads to number f- five, Ryan Day of Ohio State. We talked about on our podcast a few years ago when Ryan Day took over, kind of how to rank him since he didn't have the resume, but you just kind of knew, given his you know pedigree and the position that he was in, that he would do well. He's backed it up and honestly been better than probably what any of us could have thought. Recruiting is the same or even better than when, when Urban Meyer was there. 23-1 and one in Big Ten play, finished in the top five his three years, went to a national title, just won the Rose Bowl, you know, you, the, the accolades keep going on and on. Turns out NFL talent. The, su- the success there is only going to continue. Now it's just becoming more of a question of, you know, when will he break through and maybe win a national title? Yep, that's it. Exactly. All right, we'll move on to uh, a coach that was pretty similar situation. We always had a similar kind of discussion with him. It was Lincoln Riley, uh, number four here. Uh, take it over at USC. So we kind of just got to look to his OU days. Um, he was obviously did a tremendous job there. Um, he was hired as the offensive coordinator by Bob Stoops. Immediately just, boom, offense is elite. I mean, and those offenses were, they were elite by like a wide margin for a few years there. Nobody could even touch them. They were so much better, right? So with the Baker, Mayfields, Kyler Murray's, they were so good. Jalen Hurts, um, 55 and 10 there. So average, you know, about 12 and two type year every year. Um, and three of those losses came in the playoffs. So, you know, it's not, not, a, not a big shame losing there. So, but having multiple Heisman winners um, is having a great offense is always fun. Recruited extremely well, even better than they did under Stoops. Now I think he's just set up for success at USC. I think the, relative to the competition around him, I think he's you know the head and shoulder pretty much best coach in that conference. I think he, he could set it up for, uh, the Trojans for a another dominant run. Hopefully, hopefully for, for you, my Michael. sake. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all <laughs> right, let's get to our our top three. We had an identical top three, same order. Third, for the first time, uh, yeah, Dabo Sweeney. He he's been you know entrenched at second, but we we dropped him to third. Um, and I think it makes sense. I mean, when if you just look at what Dabo has accomplished the last whatever fifteen years, close to it, it then it's obvious he should at least be in the top three, and you you probably should put him number two. But we're not just looking backward. We're kind of looking right now and moving forward what we're expecting and there's at least a kernel of doubt moving forward. I think even even a Clemson fan can admit that to some extent, right? Like they they lost 
both coordinators oh, yeah. this offseason, especially of course Brent Venables being the one that that really hurts. Um, they just went ten and three against a not very difficult schedule. Offense was uh, was bad, and Dabble has elected, at least so far as of this recording, to not add any impact transfers. He's seems from what his comments are pretty yeah. staunchly against adding at least a a lot of transfers. And so far, yeah, it's just been Hunter Johnson, which is unlikely to make much of a difference this year. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and their recruiting class ranking was lo- lower than it had been the previous two seasons. So those reasons are, are what kind of added together to put us below. Well, plus the guy who's yeah. number two won a national exactly. title. Exactly. So. We parlay that with yeah. our number two, Kirby Smart. You know, maybe Kirby, maybe Dabo's dropped himself a little bit, but really Kirby is, has done a great job elevating himself to this number two spot here. Just won a national title. I mean, how much better can you get, right? You, you, you win it all, and he's he made another national title game and was obviously extraordinarily close to winning that one, had to go into overtime. so And he just immediately made Georgia a heck of a lot better, which was impressive. 66-15 um, and 15 there, 36-5 um, and five in the SEC his last five years. Um, he's recruiting at an elite level, top four classes pretty much every single year. So it's just impressive how, you know, what he's done considering Georgia was always a good program, but for him to just immediately take him to the elite level and how great his defenses are, um, you know, he learned from the best and he's just replicating it. You know, he really is. Yep. And so that, of course, he learned from number one, Nick Saban. Uh, you know, not a lot of suspense here for number one. He's the GOAT. We know all the accolades, the national titles, the SEC titles, but I went back and looked. Uh, if you listen to our SEC podcast, I, I talked about how I looked back at his year-by-year results, and it's just silly at, at Alabama. Only once since 2008 has he had a year where they lost three games. It, it's also amazing how his coaching tree is so long now, and Alabama never misses a beat, despite a new coordinator or two, it seems like, every year. Uh, not much to say other than, you know, he, he's the best. Okay, so let's get to the full list of 20 here. If you're watching on YouTube, let us know in the comments below uh, who you thought was the biggest snub. Ryan, what about you? Who's your biggest snub? Ooh, well, I was kind of thinking, you know, for the biggest snubs-wise, I was kind of looking more of like, before I got to my snub, I was thinking, you know, um, just general thought here of like, it's so hard to rank these coaches, you know, it it is really just so hard because when you take into consideration, like, how, how do you take situations, I, I should say, into consideration? You know, like uh, Ryan Day was set up for success. Lincoln Riley was set up for success. How do you measure that against, you know, the, the type of coach they really are? Because you could have, you know, if all of these coaches on this list, maybe top 20 coaches, um, if you put them in Ryan Day's situation, what would what would they have done? You know, how would that have panned out? So if you put, what if you put Clark Lee? A guy that's like struggling at Vanderbilt. What if you put Clark Lee as the head coach of Ohio State? What would he do? He'd probably do you know, pretty maybe well. He's killing it right He'd now. Probably do pretty maybe well. Maybe he's like winning the national title. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's so hard to judge. So when we make these rankings, it's like it's so subjective. And there's so many times where we would be like, yeah, we could switch these coaches, and there'd be no problem. We're not like setting in stone, but you got to put them somewhere. And it's just it's a hard, it's so hard to rank coaches. It's one of the hardest things to do. I think making these lists makes me definitely more sympathetic when I'm seeing other people's lists because yeah. you can, it's, I don't know, like sometimes people just come out with a crazy list, but usually you can kind of make an argument for how, whatever order someone has it in. Like, like you said, it's so yeah. subjective, but, uh, 
as far as for me, I'll, I'll name a snub. Well, I actually, I, no. I, I don't think there really was a snub. Like they, yeah, I don't either. I, I mean, yeah. you could argue for guys. Obviously, you could argue for Mac Brown. I had him twentieth. Okay. Yeah. You know, I could argue for Mike Leach. It was I'll throw Mike. Mike, I like Leach and Ader. He's had such a great career, and he, I still think he's going to do well at Mississippi State here. Mm-hmm. Trey, so you didn't really have any snubs, or? No, I was the same. I had Mac Brown. Um, you could say Leach. I mean Sataki, but like I'm not going to put him in the top twenty. It was just like, yeah. I you could have Sam, I, you Sam know, I'm Pittman, and Mel Tucker, but it's still early. Yeah, it'll be. It'll, I'll be curious to see what what the listeners and and viewers think of who's you know the most. Sure, there's going to be people off you know a couple spots or two, but is there anyone? I don't like when I sit back and look at this rationally, objectively. I don't see anything you know egregious in terms of an overall spot oh, that's that Tough. sounds like a challenge to the youtube viewers let i know, know. Let yeah, us know. Well, somebody will somebody's gonna strongly disagree i'm i'm sure there are, well we talked about it in the sec episode maybe billy napier maybe people think that's too quick for him you know he's only been a, a coach at yeah in the sun belt so i i could see True. someone saying that's ridiculous well, that maybe he's... ou fans will be really high on venables thinking like how can you we're gonna be good still venables he recruited finished well he's been a great coach for such a long time mm-hmm. he's gonna do great I, you know, I could see, yeah, I'm, he could easily, I think I would maybe even guess that he works his way into this top 20 just cause he, he set up so well there at Oklahoma. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, let us know your thoughts. Uh, thanks again for checking out this episode of the college football bros. We hope you enjoyed all of our conference rankings episodes and this overall list. Uh, if you did be sure to give the video a thumbs up, subscribe, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.